0: Do you ever feel like your home is working against your efforts to be more productive? Have you ever wondered why some habits seem to stick effortlessly while others fizzle out? Well, today's episode is all about environment. How do your surroundings impact your habits? And how do you design your environment so that it's easy to uphold the habits that support you and serve you? And how do we get rid of those those things that hold you back, that distract you? I'm gonna offer you one simple tip for creating environments that support your best habits so that you can propel your productivity with purpose and delight. Let's do this. Do you wanna feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGee. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals, playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Hey, yo. If you're not part of the Plan Go Plan Facebook community, I want you to get on in there. This month, the month of October, each week I'm gonna take a question from a group member and create a short video that will help coach them through their issue. So if there's something that you've been stuck on, join the Facebook community and be on the lookout for the questions form. Get it submitted and maybe this week will be the week that your question gets answered. Also, it's a wonderful way for you to surround yourself with other like-minded, supportive people which is a huge part of designing our environments. So come on over to the Plan Goal Plan Facebook group. I'll be super happy to have you there. So are you ready? Are you ready to unlock the secret of creating environments that support your goals, that propel purpose? I like to get all secretive. Ooh, do you know that there's a secret and I'm going to reveal it? So right before COVID, we moved from one house to another and I didn't really have an office space in our new home. Up to this point in early 2020, I hadn't really been spending a lot of time working at home. And so when all of a sudden we found ourselves doing all of our work from home, I knew that I needed to create a workspace for myself because, well, the kitchen table wasn't cutting it. But little did I know at the time that I would design my clothes. So I turned a closet into an office. All of my pictures in here are wildly happy. My wall is my favorite color. My husband painted it for me as a surprise, it made me super happy. This little cloth is has become my special place. It is a place that is both relaxing and generative for me, which I think is a really unique and special combination. So our environment, our spaces can cue behaviors. So there's something about my clothes that cues behaviors for me that, that I really want. So James Clear, the author of the best-selling book, Atomic Habits, he says that motivation is overvalued and environment often matters more. So a lot of times when we're thinking about goals, when we're thinking about habits, we're like, uh, oh, I just need to feel motivated. But there is a lot of research that says that more than motivation is actually having cues that trigger our behaviors. There was a really interesting study in the journal Personality and Social Psychology the article was published in 2005, so it's getting to be an older study now, but I do think that the results still stick. And basically, they were really interested in what happens to college students' daily routines. So, if they're reading newspapers, exercising, or watching television, what happens when they transfer to a new university? When they're in a different space, do they end up engaging in the same behaviors? What they found is that the new environment can trigger performance change so for example if your old roommate always read newspapers and they were laying all around your dorm the likelihood that you would just see one of those newspapers you might just pick one up and read too but all of a sudden if you move into a new dormitory or get a new roommate and those newspapers aren't just all over the place you're not seeing other people reading you may not be cueing that behavior in fact if that was something that you didn't really enjoy before so, do you really enjoy reading newspapers? If the answer is no, it'd be very, very easy for you to quit that behavior. There's a quotation from one of the authors of the study, Wood, who says most people think behavior is fairly goal oriented, and it is when you first perform a behavior. But then the more that it's repeated, the more that it's guided by stimulus cues, and the goals become less important. And what this means is that over time, so much of what we do is influenced by the triggers, the cues around us in our environment. So how do we design our environment to trigger motivation, to cue our best behaviors, and to keep us focused on what matters most? So here's the secret sauce. This is the secret, design for laziness. I took this from B.J. Fogg, the author of Tiny Habits, and I'm gonna break this down just a little bit for you. I want you to design for laziness. If we are designing our environments, it means that we're being intentional about our spaces. If you've been listening to this podcast, thank you, you rock. <laughs> but you've also heard me rant about how I find the focus on aesthetics, the focus on things looking pretty in home organization to be really unhelpful. Because when you design for something to look pretty rather than being functional, you're leaving out really important cues to help you with behaviors that you want to have in that space. So before you begin designing a space, you do need to decide what is it that you need the space to do for you? What important things do you want to have happen here? And then how do you design the space for laziness? So the first part of this is you need to design it. And that means you need to be intentional about it. You need to think about it. The second part of this is you're going to design for laziness. And what I mean by that is how do you make it so super easy to do the things that you need to do in this space? How do you promote the behaviors that you want? How do you make what matters automatic? So here are some examples. If you want to eat less, keep only small plates accessible in your kitchen. Put the big ones down in the basement. If you want your kids to make art, keep art supplies out in the open. Put the iPad in a drawer on a different floor than where you usually hang out. So if you want to get on the iPad, you got to go upstairs and take it out of a drawer. If you want to scroll less, put blocks on your social media sites. In order for you to get on Facebook, in order for you to get on Instagram, you're going to have to take a few extra steps to do it. In other words, you want to make the things that you want to do as easy as possible and make the things that you do not want to do harder. That's the secret sauce, y'all. That's the big tip. Design for laziness. Here are three quick questions that I think will get you there. First, I want you to name the habit or goal. So what is it that you want to do or don't want to do? What, do you, what behavior do you want to promote or what behavior do you want to avoid? And as you do this, I want you to consider the nine environments that make up your life. So I learned about these nine different environments from the author Sinovisa Rao. He writes for Medium.com. And the nine different environments are our physical environments. That's most of what we've been talking about this episode. How do we take our physical spaces and how do we design them in such a way that they invite the habits that we want and deflect the habits that we want to stop? The second environment that we should consider is our own physical body. So thinking about things like, what exactly are we putting in our body? How are we moving our body? How does this affect our productivity? How does this affect our creativity? The third environment to think about is mimetic environment. Our mimetic environment consists of all of the information that we take in. So books that we read, podcasts that we listen to, websites we visit, all of the information that we consume. When I was going through a really, really challenging time, I wanted to not only change all of my physical environments, but I got really, really picky about the information that I started letting in my head. I wasn't going to read articles. I wasn't going to read books. I wasn't going to listen to podcasts that were really negative. I wanted to surround myself and fill my mind with all of the encouragement, supportive, healthy things that I could. The fourth environment is your spiritual environment. For some of you, this might mean your religious environment. For others, maybe you are spiritual, but maybe you don't practice a formal religion. Do you have meditation habits? Do you have prayer habits? What are you doing regularly? to create a spiritual environment that is in a good condition. We might think about having financial environments as well, your bank accounts, your investments. We might also think about the people that we surround ourselves, our relationships as an environment, and how do you cultivate relationship environments that are healthy? How do we release ourselves of toxic and unhealthy relationships and invite space for better ones? Related to that is what Rao calls network environment. And network environments might be our communities that we belong to, both virtual or digital, also our in-person communities. I think about this related to our mimetic environment. So what kind of information are we consuming? So if you're spending a lot of time on social media and it's not feeding you in a good way, social media tends to trigger comparison habits for you. You might need to think about if that digital environment is one that is serving you and how can you design your digital environments in a way that also fill you and nurture the healthy habits that you want. Finally, we might think about nature as an environment. Are you spending enough time in nature? Where you live? Do you have access to nature environments? How do you regularly get outside and spend some time in nature? And finally, The last environment that Rao recommends that we think about is the environment of self. So how do we care for our self-environments? I would say having a coach is a really important one, seeing a therapist. There's also a lot of different techniques that you can do, like journaling, can take all sorts of quizzes to help you really learn about yourself, to help you engage in self-growth. So all of these different environments are interrelated and intertwined. One of the things that I really liked about Rao's article and writing about nine environments that make up our lives is to sort of think about our physical environment is one space that we want to design but how might we think of these other environments of our life as spaces that we too can cultivate and design to invite the habits that we want so the second thing that I want you to do is make sure that you're giving yourself cues or triggers that activate a habit or easy action and three, I want you to make it delightful. I talk about that a lot here, but there's so much research that shows that when we take the pressure off, that when we have fun, we get it done. That's a quotation from John Acoff. When we have fun, we get it done. This reminds me of an interaction that I had recently with a student who is really struggling with their thesis project. And I said, look it, writing is hard. It is just hard. And there are moments that you're just going to have to slog through it. Also, though, writing can be really fun. It can be generative and creative, and it can fuel you with energy. When we're designing our environments in a way that invites healthy habits that promote our well-being, healthy doesn't have to be drudgery. In fact, it shouldn't be. We should delight in doing things that are good for us. As a really quick recap, I offered you one simple tip. For creating environments that support your best habits today. And that tip is this. Design for laziness. Make doing the things that you desire easy. In order to do that, it's really important that you know what it is that you desire and what it is that you want to avoid. And as you do that, to think about the nine environments that make up your life. Then think through each of those environments and give yourself cues or triggers to activate a habit or easy action in those different environments. And finally, make it delightful. I wish for you environments that support your best self. I wish that the things that you don't want to do, that they get really difficult for you. I wish for you environments that invigorate you and encourage you and propel your purpose. Be well, friends. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Goal Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.